Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. NMLS number 32416, equal housing lender. Did you put Christmas on a credit card? Don't stress out about that extra holiday spending. Savewithconrad.com can help you consolidate all of your high interest rate credit cards into one much lower monthly payment. Savewithconrad.com has helped families just like yours. Save up to $800 a month. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And did I mention no payments until March? So don't make saving money a resolution next year. Make it happen today at SaveWithConrad.com. to be spoken on the extreme life of matt hardy presented to you by the ad free shows and podcast heat networks i'm john alba that's the broken one the woken one the spoken one himself looking mighty snazzy today mr matt hardy is not often we see big money matt come out on this podcast oh you're right i'm corporate matt today i was out (laughs) doing media rounds corporate matt Corporate stooge matt hardy i mean we already know you're a stooge but you're a corporate stooge today huh there you have it. Doing all the uh, media rounds today. I came down to Charleston, South Carolina, a little early today, and hit some TV, hit some radio. You know, promoted the company, promoted doing all- my thing. Doing my. Th- I said to you, like I, I took all the bumps in the indies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, now it's time for you to you know get up there in front of a teleprompter and and read some promos and go live. You have to be you have to be quiet in the studio, man. While they're doing the weather, we were we were on right after the weather. That's the thing. Nobody cares about you as much as they care about the weather. (laughs) (laughs) It's man back in my old station in Florida. They had weather every 10 minutes. It was every single 10 minutes. You had a full weather forecast. People love the weather because it's the only thing on a news show that's relevant to everybody. And, uh, you know, Matt Hardy, you're just begging for relevance these days. That's what the internet says. Um, Oh, Oh, for, for what this time? Well, because, you know, even though in your head you're a living legend, according mm. to, to half the Internet, you're not. And you're just a leech taking up Mark Briscoe's TV time. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I am. Of course I am. You know Tell what? us a little bit about the Brethren, man. Well, you know, the Brethren formed last week. And uh, I hope Mark likes the name because it's going to stick. I just came up with it there on the spot. That's pretty much pretty much a shoot. Pretty much reality. Um no, you know, Mark and Jay, their favorite tag team before they got into wrestling were the Hardys. So, you know, without the Hardys, you don't get the Briscoes. So I, I figured it was it was a kind thing to do. So, you know, we spoke to Mark. You know, he had a really hard, difficult, challenging time in the Continental Classic. So I thought we could lift his spirits, you know, put him in a six-man tag with us and, you know, go out there and, you know, maybe we can procure some trios gold down the road. 
we look great together. We look great together. And I, I, I like Mark. I like Mark a lot as a pro wrestler and as a person. So he's, uh, we are very graciously allowing him to be our trios partner. Well, and like two, the Briscoes, listen, all-time great tag team, right? Yes. But they're not like world-renowned in the way that the Hardys are. Like, like well, I mean, I've, I've, won, I've won wrestling matches on every continent except Antarctica, and I've never been there. If I right. if I go to Antarctica, I'll win a match there too. You know, I mean, I, I've wrestled in so many countries, dozens and dozens and dozens of countries. You know, so I, I would I would love to give Mark Briscoe the international superstar experience. You're He's giving him the rub. Yeah, that's what they call it. You know, a rub. That's what we <laughs> give. We give lots of people rubs. I I have no doubt about that. That Matt Hardy has given the rub many times over the course of his career. So let me ask you this then. If he's got the whole chicken farm, maybe a visit to the Hardy compound is in store for Mark Briscoe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would definitely, I'd love to bring him to the Hardy compound, you know, let him, uh, let him walk the, uh, let him walk the compound. Maybe let him do a little landscaping in my place, you know, give senior Benjamin a, a couple mm -hmm. weeks off. That'd be good. Well, it's just like that's two. How, he, that's how he could pay us back. Well, he can see how a living legend spends his money, you know, and he'll maybe be inspired by all those championships he got on the rack over there. It's, yeah. it, it might inspire him to be better and one day be a living legend, much like yourself, Matt. I it, mean, it, it will definitely inspire him because myself and Jeff, we are inspirational figures. You know, even, even if you don't understand why we're inspiring, we're inspiring. And we're inspiring you right now because you're talking about me. It's true. It's true. I, I did not know Jeff knew so much about ratings, by the way. Oh, he, he's a big, big advocate of ratings right now. You know, especially, you know, when we're advertised in the main slot on a show and it does a great number, the biggest number is done in months and months and months. You know, Jeff just wants to let people know. Is he like a Brandon Thurston WrestleNomics subscriber? Uh, no, he, he isn't, but he gets sent, he gets sent the numbers from the network. He's got an in. got an in. Someone's a big I fan. See, I can see Brother Nero mooching off you. On that. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah, I was I was blown away hearing Jeff talk about that. I'm I'm glad that he really has his finger on the pulse uh, when yeah. it comes to demos and ratings. Uh, that's well, he certainly he knows he knows he knows Tony Khan's a numbers guy, so he's into the numbers. True. Is he reading Cage Match after all your matches? I wouldn't go that far, John. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I should get you. I, I, I honestly, I should get you to teach me how to do the search in cage match to find out when you wrestle matches in specific er, uh, time periods and opponents and whatnot. It's very easy. You just go into cage match. They have the matches tab wherever you look up a person. So you look at Matt Hardy, you click the matches tab, you just put someone's name in or you put a place in. That's it. You can find the exact date. Big cage match guy over here. I, I know Tony yeah. Khan's a big cage match guy. I'm a big cage match guy. I, I, in, in, in all transparency, I'm not very familiar with cage match. But I do know I do know you've dug that up and like said, oh, I'm looking here at cage match and you wrestled this guy on this date and this date and this date. And it's very impressive because you get to it very quickly. 
Yeah, cage match is the reason why half of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy episodes have been brought to you in a timely manner. So shout out to the people over at Cage Match for that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, man, Cage Match came up because you know, it got into a conversation about Jinder Mahal and it was a whole oh, yeah. bunch of ballyhoo. But Jinder did get a WWE World Heavyweight Championship match on Raw this week. And it was it was a pretty controversial occurrence, Matt. I don't know. Do you, do you have any thoughts on gender and, and the opportunity that he got here? I'm a fan of gender. Uh, I like gender as a person. And I, I also liked him as a performer, too. I thought he was uh, thought he was an excellent heel. I thought he was good. I thought that he, he really had the ability to uh, piss people off in the most authentic way possible. You're not hindering gender? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good with gender. I'm okay with gender. Not a gender hinderer? No, no. I am not a gender hinderer. What do you think of him? Because you were at the, you were in the company when he had his WWE championship run. It kind of happened out of nowhere. He was a finalist in the battle Royal at the WrestleMania that you came back at. Then about a month later, a couple weeks later, he wins a number one contenders match to become number one contender for Randy's title. And then he beats Randy at backlash in Chicago to become WWE champion after having been an enhancement guy. It's kind of an unorthodox path. And then even in this case, he gets a championship match without having wrestled a TV match in a year. I mean, do do you have any thoughts on that, Matt? Because you do care a lot about storytelling and that is for all intents and purposes, pretty sudden. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't mind it because I thought he was, you know, getting steam as a hill. And I just, I'm, I'm not a big, I, I'm not huge on like the win loss thing. You know, I, I, I feel like wrestling is more about the story than the actual athletes records. That's me though. I know not everybody's like that. Sure. There, it is important to win. There's times where people should win because they're in a scenario and they're in a story where it's time for them to win and for the blow off to happen. But even even when that happened, I do remember hearing his reaction in some of the events, and he he was very booed, and people wanted to see him get beat up. So I get why they tried it. I think it was an, an experiment that they floated out there to see how it worked, and and I didn't mind it. I, I, I don't I I didn't have an issue with it. Glad to hear that you're not hindering gender. I'm I'm with you on that too, man. And. I really liked the match that he had with Seth Rollins. I thought they had, and I said as much, a great match. And I had all these people like, what was a great match about that? They, they, <laughs> they just There was nothing great about it. And maybe this is from talking to you so much, but it's definitely the approach I have with wrestling now where did the crowd react? Yes. Right. Did they bite on the false finishes? Yes. Did they create moments? Yes. Did everything hit fluidly as they planned? Yes. You're checking off all those boxes. To me, that's a great match. What's right. you? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's a great match. If two people go in there and they retain the audience attention, the audience's attention the entire while, and you are leading to a climax that is uh, that, that builds emotional investment throughout the match, and then it happens, and that's like the best part of the match, and you're either really happy or you're really pissed off. Uh, and and if no one gets hurt and everything looks good and crisp and makes sense, it's a good match in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you entirely, man. I thought they had a very good match, and Jinder uh, should be happy with his showing. And then Seth Rollins is great. Uh, he was beat up a little bit after that match. It 
sounds like things are up in the air. By the time this podcast drops, we might know more. So I don't, I don't want to speculate as to what it is, but hopefully Seth is okay. I know you're a big Seth Rollins guy, so fingers crossed. I was going to say, Seth, Seth being in the match almost guarantees it to be great, too. Seth is so good at what he does. Yeah. I, I said the same thing, man. I literally tweeted, I said, I, I should say it a, a lot more often, but Seth Rollins is a fantastic professional wrestler. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots, lots of great wrestlers out there in general right now, Matt Hardy. There's no doubt about that. Your boy Nick Nemeth, Dolph Ziggler, debuted in TNA. You see that? Yeah, yeah I did see that. Yeah, I did going that. out there. He's he's going to New Japan too. Feels like he's the type of guy who's going to have a lot of success doing an outside WWE run, doesn't it? Why do you think he'll be successful? Yeah, I I, I do. I think he'll do well. I mean, first and foremost, he's like. He's a guy who's just like an excellent worker. He was very much ahead of the curve in the way people bumped and sold, and he gets that that that's where his money is in many, many ways. Good-looking dude, uh, a nice dude that I like a lot. I saw him at a Comic-Con that I did uh, just a while back, and and that was like the first time he's done a Comic-Con. And it's the first time he's ever been out of the WWE system in many, many years, and it had been 20 years or whatever. Uh, so he's going to do well, and I'm so cool. I, I think it's so cool that he actually showed up uh, at Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan. He showed up at TNA, and he's like just kind of – you never know where he can show up. I think that's one of the greatest gifts you can give wrestling fans, and I also think that's that's how you get yourself hot too. So I think he's doing – playing it smart. Yeah, comes on the most most wanted man in wrestling, so we'll see how he does. Matt, we got a really interesting topic this week. We are going to talk about NXT, and I'm not talking today's NXT. I'm talking about season one. NXT in which you were a pro on and we're gonna have special guest Justin Gabriel PJ Black in just a little bit but before we can get to any of that you know what I gotta ask for please hit us with that Matt fact Matt fact Matt enjoys eating in hotel beds oh okay Uh, eating anything in particular no just to be able to sit in the bed and watch tv and eat it's a luxury, John. Something you can't do at home. <laughs> I was just going to ask. When, there's it a way, way that's flying. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't fly at home. That wouldn't fly at home for sure. Uh, but uh, I, I love doing it. There's nothing more peaceful than being in the room all by yourself. You you get some, you've, you've worked hard all day and you get a good, healthy, yummy meal and you just sit in the bed and you eat it and you watch TV. And if you spill some shit, no big deal. You're in a hotel. <laughs> that's why that's that's why i pay them the big bucks yes <laughs> i'm so fu- that's so funny we were on the same page there. there's no way that's flying at house hardy right. <laughs> from yourself or the children that yeah, right. is that is most definite uh <laughs> i can only imagine how that one the kids fare. can't even take food into their bedroom yeah they can't take food into their bedroom no, they're bad you know what teach those good habits and manners early early age and they'll stick with them hopefully throughout the rest of their lives hopefully (laughs) oh boy except when you got to bring ho-ho those uh cookies then everything goes out the door yeah ho-ho ho-ho from the sky no ho-hos allowed on the extreme life of matt hardy all right matt let's let's talk nxt you know today we know nxt to be this great developmental brand for WWE and it's helping build the stars of tomorrow. But back in the year 2010, 14 years ago now, NXT was very different. It was essentially a reality show 
uh, based in the pro wrestling world where there were several rookies who were mostly FCW superstars that were paired with legends and veterans like yourself. Uh, it was a really unique concept. Um, when do you first remember hearing about the idea for NXT? I want to say I, I first heard about the idea when I was approached about being uh, a pro and having a rookie, you know, sit underneath my learning tree, so to say. Would I be interested in doing that? Because we, I was one of the guys they thought would be good in that role. Uh, that, that's really when I remember hearing about this concept, the, the game show concept in theory, and them coming up to TV. Um, I got to tell you this, too. One thing I always think about, speaking of pros, is that picture that gets circulated so much about like guys that went to AAW and like they're sitting in the order. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because mm -hmm. it's Jericho and then it was me yep, and then Christian and then Punk. And then I want to say there was Regal. Regal, think, yep. Yeah. I mean, that's as far as we got. What, 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 are, the, what are the odds? I mean, that's so wild. When, whenever someone says NXT now, I almost think about that picture because that is just so crazy. What are the odds? The other pros were Chris Jericho, R-Truth, Christian, CM Punk, William Regal, The Miz, and Carlito. And the rookies were Wade Barrett, David Otunga, Justin Gabriel, Heath Slater, Darren Young, Skip Sheffield, yeah. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, and Michael Tarver. You, of course, are paired with Justin Gabriel. But, I mean, when you go through that list of guys, what stands out about it to you? Uh, it, it's funny to see where like all those rookies have gone on and what they're doing now. You know what I mean? Because uh, <clears throat> you got Ryback out of that. Ryback was uh, very hot for a while when he was doing stuff in WWE. Um, it's cool how uh, Darren Young, you know, like ended up finding a place for himself in in uh, New Japan doing that stuff. Uh, PJ always got along with him, interacted with him, and we've kind of stayed in, in touch over the years. And it's funny, I just thought like hey we're doing nxt i should invite him on this show because we actually just talked recently he just pitched his new character he has in mind that he wants to do it he was kind of leaning on me a little bit he said because like i knew you really had a good feel for it because of all the broken universe stuff that you did with broken matt and brother nero so uh, i said yeah we should like uh we should reach out to him and we could get a little more in detail about our interactions and whatnot did it always seem clear to you as to who the winner of this thing was going to be I, I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you what. I, I, it didn't, it didn't seem clear because I figured, even though they tried to present it as a shoot and as a game show, I figured they were going to work whoever they wanted into the winning spot. So, so I mean, they really tried to pass it off as like, oh, this is legit and it's a contest and like whoever does the best, they'll be the person who wins and this, that, and the other thing. But you know, once again, just it, it's. So like an office, you know, a, a pro wrestling office to kind of like float one thing out there and tell you this is kind of the narrative that they're going with and then like do a swerve the last second and then like try and work someone into that spot to keep everyone guessing or keep everyone fooled. And I and I feel like this probably I thought they were going to throw a curveball in this NXT thing. And well, whoever, I, I just, say that because like I went through that list just now and for as amazing as Brian Danielson was, you knew there was no way he was winning in Vince McMahon's reality show competition. There was no way that was going to happen. And Wade Barrett, with how he was presented, he's this massive foreign heel who has an amazing look. He's got good chops, good worker, 
Like he just fits the picture of everything that a guy like Vince McMahon would want. No, I mean he, he does. Kind of crazy he didn't get even bigger than I, I. I always figured Wade Barrett would be destined for stardom, and it was pretty surprising to see that he never became champion ultimately in WWE. But it right. is a, a who's who of talent. I mean, I know you love Heath Slater. And, and as as we said here, man, Darren Young, Fred Ross has done a great job. Skip Sheffield became Ryback. David Otunga married Jennifer Hudson for a period of time. I mean, these there, there's talent here, man. And it's a different format. How do you like the idea of getting a chance to actually coach here and, and be a pro? It, it was fun. It was a fun environment. And and they really did. They I think they tried to smarten up the pros a little more than they did the than they did the rookies. But still, we were kind of uh, making a lot of stuff up on the fly too. There were a lot of things we weren't clued in on. It's so funny that Miz was paired with Daniel Bryan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What a what a what a great pairing. Almost feels like a rib yeah. on what Vince would have thought about Daniel Bryan at the time. Like, oh, you're the wrestler. Let's put you with the charismatic, entertaining guy. Yeah, and- yeah. yeah. See if he pushes his buns on that. Do you, what do you remember about the dynamic of the other pros and their rookies? Did you ever witness any interactions between them? Uh, J- Jericho was really good. Uh, Jericho was really good with his guy, uh, with Wade Barrett. Um, I, I'll, I go, feel like- I'll go through them again. It was Wade Barrett with Jericho, Otunga with R-Truth, Heath Slater with Christian, Darren Young with Punk. Ryback with William Regal, Brian with Miz, and Carlito with Michael Tarver. Mm, uh, yeah, obviously Brian and Miz. That that that's a great combo. They're they're very good together. And uh, our our truth is hilarious as it is anyway. The stuff he's been doing recently with Judgment Day is so good. But uh, truth truth has been a hilarious dude since day one. So uh, his, his stuff was pretty funny too. A lot of the stuff with David Rotungo. Uh I, I I dug it though. Uh, it, it was it was interesting. Christian. Being the sarcastic uh, CLP, uh, he was good with Heath Slater. He was the perfect person to play off of Heath, Heath and his accent and his uh, his wit and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was an interesting mix up, and and I did like the dynamics between quite a few coaches and pros, uh, pros and rookies. Well, let's not waste any more time, Matt. Let's bring in our special guest, Maravilloso. We got to work on that accent, there, buddy. And you know what? I got a way that I can help you do so. Because that's with our newest partners over at Babbel. We are teaming up with them in 2024 on the extreme life of Matt Hardy. The best way, Matt, to learn a language, in my opinion, is by completely immersing yourself. Now, you could do that by watching unlimited Razor Ramon vignettes, I suppose. Or you could do it with our partners over at Babbel. See, immersion. That's living where the language is spoken and using it. Every day, but if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that is with Babbel. This is a game changing app, Matt Hardy. You used to have to sit through your language classes in elementary school and middle school for 40 minutes every day. And there's 20 other kids who don't really care. But this is an app that is tailored to make learning languages fun easy and efficient it could not have been easy for you marrying into that bariqua family was it no not at all i mean and and babble is the perfect thing for a hebrew like me to actually pick <laughs> up 
<laughs> some Spanish and even some Puerto Rican slang, you know. That way they can't bear me whenever the 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 bochincha, whenever the bochincha is being spoken. Oh. I'll be I'll be able to I'll be able to learn what the T is with all the hot gossip. All, all the hot gossip. Man, we're gonna help you out here. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. And this is great for me, Matt. I actually downloaded mm -hmm. the app just the other day because I don't know if you even knew this about me. I used to speak Spanish borderline fluently. I took Spanish for like 12, 13 years, and oh, wow. I was in the freaking weeds with it. Then when I lived in Bangor, Maine, Maine, the whitest state in the union, I wasn't speaking Spanish all that much anymore. And if you're not practicing a language it's going to start to fade from you a little bit. I decided that 2024 was going to be the year where I re-engaged in learning Espanol and getting it back into my vernacular. And I started with the app and legitimately the first lesson that I had, it was like 12 minutes long and instantly it started to come right back to me. And I'm so grateful that it did because it, it just, I, I, I'm, it's learning another language, Matt. It's like an invaluable tool, isn't it? It, it really is, yes. Uh, and, and once again, I'd like to work on my French a little bit too, you know. Yeah, you know, work on Spanish, French. I might double dip. I might learn two at one time. I mean, you How could. you feel about that? You, you certainly could. I, <laughs> I think Babel will help you do that. But what I love too, there's different – so with the app, there's these different settings that you can use in like – different tools that allow you to not just learn the language, but also to fix your pronunciation in the process mm -hmm. and your, your dialect. And I think for you, Mr. Southern boy, that yeah. might be a little helpful for you. So you're not saying, can you give me the queso or anything like that? You know what I'm saying here? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a little twang, man. You know, so you're not saying anything uh, that would be offensive to your wife with that <laughs> Southern drawl. That's just that's what I'm trying to get across here, Matt. It's called speech recognition technology, and it helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. You can request the host to record their interaction with speech recognition technology, and then all of a sudden you're going to hear it back and it's going to be fixed. It's going to be great. It's going to help you out, Matt Hardy, and it's going to help out all of our listeners here if you just give Babel a shot. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy at babbel.com slash hardy. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash hardy. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash hardy, H-A-R-D-Y. Rules and restrictions apply. Matt, I'm, I'm holding you to this, my friend. We're going to do this together, and we're going to get better at speaking the language of love, aren't we? Yes, we are. Okay. I'm holding yes, you to are. it. It's a deal. Babble.com forward slash hard. A deal is a deal. I am very happy to introduce to each and every one of you right now, Dr. Black, PJ Black, the guy who was my student, and I was his coach in NXT. I give you the Darewolf, PJ Black. Yeah. What's going on, man? 
Not a whole lot. Thank you guys for having me. We we really appreciate you hopping on the Extreme Life with us. Of course, Dr. Black, formerly known as Justin Gabriel. He was Matt's mentee on NXT season one. And it's kind of a little spontaneous reunion, Matt. You and I were talking about doing this episode and you said right away, you're like, Man, what, what, what if we could get him on the show and tell some stories? Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's talk about this experience of you guys getting a chance to work together. Had you guys ever met before you were actually paired together, PJ? No, no, that was um, that was the first time we've actually met. Um, I remember we speaking on the phone once before and Matt was asking everybody down in developmental if they knew who I was and what I was capable of. And, you know, they described me as a, as a young AJ, which he, he, he found very amusing and he was very excited. That's what I heard. I don't know if they were lying to me or not, but. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, that, that, that might be fabricated. That might be bad fiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Matt, I, what was your first impression of him? Because he's coming out of it. And this is totally different days of developmental, right? Like FCW is a, completely yeah, so, different monster than what we know and it's, it's a 180 from where it is now right exactly so what do you remember your first impression of him being uh, i was very impressed uh he was a great athlete and I, I got to know him good like we became friends during this time as well and it's so funny i mean it's been god that was in 2010 right when this went down and or did it start in 2009 when did it start 2010 2010. 2010. 2010. That's, uh, you know, last time I saw him, which was last year sometime in 2023, 13 years later, still he says, Hey, what's up, coach? <laughs> what's up, coach? I love that. That's our, like, you know, that's our interactions whenever we do it. There's certain things that people do every single time. Like if I see Edge or Christian, I haven't seen them in a while, you know, it starts off with, Yeah, 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 <laughs> How my dad would call our dogs. Anytime I would see PJ, it's like, What's up, coach? And uh, I played that, that, that uh, video game with you, right? At the con. As you were bringing, yeah. you were bringing one person over at a time so you could massacre them and embarrass them and then send them off again into shame. Yeah, it's kind of like one of my side hustles I've been doing. I've been running these like uh, video game tournaments where I have like wrestler. It's kind of like a, a a meet and greet on steroids, you know? Like because you go to a meet and greet, you get to shake the hand, take the photo. Now you get to partake, right? So I sell like I sell like packages where you can get your own entrance music and Hoovy's always the DJ, you know. So it's like a full on experience. You get to play the the, the the video game and it's a whole tournament you can win the championship in the end it's kind of like fun, you know it's like a kind of like a fun experience very cool who, what what a character Hoovy is Hoovy's Hoovy's tremendous just yeah. he's so funny oh, he's, he's so true yeah. so let, let's talk about the beginning of this whole partnership and the concept of NXT season one because as we talked about earlier this is not the NXT you know today this is essentially a reality show competition mixed with kayfabe elements to create something that seems like it's right out of Vince McMahon's uh, greatest nightmare, right? So uh, what? how were you approached about this idea, PJ? And, and what do you remember your first reaction to it being? Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. So the initial idea was to, to kind of be like... Um, uh, you remember the Ultimate Fighter, where all the fighters lived in the same house? That was the original idea. 
But in true WWE fashion, they ran out of time. They never got the house in order or they never get, got their ducks in order. And uh, next thing you know, they're like, oh, we're going to go to TV next week, but we don't really know what we're going to do. So there was no script. There was no nothing. And they were like, oh, I guess it's just going to be a wrestling show that's unscripted, unscripted promos, a lot of unscripted matches, a lot of stuff on the fly. And uh, we were kind of just thrown into the deep end. And, and um, yeah, I mean, the rest is history. <laughs> it was kind of fun, but also kind of a train smash. Matt, Matt, what was your impression when you first heard of the idea? And do you remember who approached you about being involved with it? I'm trying to remember. It, it may have been it may have been John John Larnitis. It may have been a Johnny Ace thing. He just said, hey, we're thinking about having you as one of the coaches, uh, one of the mentors on NXT. You know, if that's something you would like to do, we think you'd be good at it, whatever. And I do know it was legit. Like, we didn't know who we were going to be paired with until they officially announced it, like, on the show. Or whatever. So they, they they really did try and run it very much like a shoot in many ways. I know whenever they would do this contest and whatnot, they would uh, kind of spring that on people at the last moment too. It's like people didn't know things in advance. They tried to book this NXT promotion and angle very much like a reality show to like keep the element of surprise in it. Did did you feel like that too, PJ? Yeah, one hundred percent, and that's why it was so sporadic and all over the place you know so some segments were really good but most segments were kind of stupid <laughs> yeah 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 there, there was some stuff that ended up being just like awful you know hellacious good intention on, on some of the things we're going to do but then you know some things actually worked out and seemed pretty good and i know there were a lot of things you had to do you had to be a really great athlete to like follow through and do those things like to the highest degree as well but there were some things that definitely modeled on there no doubt Oh yeah, and and then and there was some stuff too, you know, because we were shooting on the on the on the on this on the West Coast, right? So a lot of that stuff was live too. So there was no there was no pre-recording of stuff. So a lot of stuff was just like live TV, you know. So anything could happen, and a lot of weird yeah. shit happened. Yeah, and it's weird because you're putting a, a bunch of new people that don't have a lot of television experience uh, out there on live TV without a safety net. So that's uh, you know that's always a roll of the dice. Yeah, yeah was PJ, ballsy. what was that experience like at being thrown out there, not having a lot of TV experience aside from what you were doing on that closed circuit network in FCW, the uh, Bright House network? Like you're being thrown out there with some of these legends. I mean, legit legends, William Regal, Chris Jericho, Matt Hardy. Uh, how did that feel as a young professional at the time? I mean, it, it was kind of fun. It was kind of nerve wracking, too. But, you know, like there's some. You know, I can call any match. I can call matches on the fly in the ring. So that the, the, the in-ring stuff was super fun for me and super easy to do. We did competitions too. I think there was like a what do you call like an obstacle course competition, which I won because I mean I'm a great athlete. <laughs> stuff like that was easy. But you know, some it, it also touched on some of my weaknesses. I'm not a on the fly promo guy. You know, like I'm, I'm much better at it now. Actually, that's one of my strong points now. But back then, 14 years ago, it was definitely not one of one of my strong points. So, you know, you can see a lot of weaknesses in that, but the wrestling stuff was actually pretty fun. You know, all the other guys struggled and they suffered in that, but that's kind of where I excelled. I do. I do remember uh, really liking the fact that you were so comfortable in the ring. And if it, if it came down to just like calling it in the ring or what you like, you, you didn't like freak out. You didn't, you didn't get uh, in a, in a, in a rush. Uh, you just chilled and, and you were able to do it. I do remember being very impressed by you having that 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 knowledge and ability early on. 
Oh, thanks, coach. Well, I mean, I've been wrestling for 10 years before that happened, you know, yeah. third generation wrestler. So I was, yes. born, I was born into this business. I'm, I've been doing this. I started refereeing matches when I was like 12 years old. So, I mean, that stuff just comes supernatural yeah. to me. Right. Was that really difficult for you, PJ, where you're surrounded by this cast of characters that has a myriad of different backgrounds? Like, you got Brian Danielson there, one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time, who to that point had still had a great career, which mm -hmm. obviously was taken to the next level uh, with his run as Daniel Bryan. You got Wade Barrett, who you take one look at him, you're like, that's a future WWE champion. And so many other great talents. Uh, was there any intimidation at all of trying to find your space? Um, just really the, the, the main, the main roster guys, like in developmental, I, I just, I just saw myself as one of the better guys there, you know, cause I, I knew all those guys so well. I remember getting to FCW, I, you know, I was in developmental for like 10 months and to me, that was the most fun I've ever had. You know, I came, came to the U S with my little backpack, with my wrestling boots and I got to wrestle every day. You know, I got to pay, I get, I get, I got paid to wrestle every day for me. That was making it. I didn't care making to the TV or anything like that. Every single guy was like, oh, I got to make it to TV. got to make it to TV. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I made it, you know? And uh, also, like, when I got there, like, I wasn't, like, bullied or hazed or whatever, but, like, people were like, who's this young kid from South Africa? You know, like, is he even wrestling in South Africa? Nobody knew who I was or what I was capable of. And I remember my first day, I had a match against Low Key, and everyone was just like, oh, shit, this guy can go. And uh, everyone kind of, like, sucked up to me. And it was great. And, uh, you know, I became... The FCW heavyweight champion within like the first three months. So, you know, like, like I love to wrestle. I love wrestling and like in the ring, I can go, I can go. Matt seeing his skill set, he had a great skill set coming in, uh, doing a 450. You and I talked last week about you doing that 450 in your enhancement match. Did you see a lot of young Hardy boys and little Justin Gabriel? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, he had it together a lot more than we did at that stage when we were officially on WWE's radar, obviously. Um, and like he said, he's a generational guy. I mean, your, your father, what did your father do in wrestling? Was he a promoter or? He was a promoter and a wrestler. And my granddad yeah. was a pro boxer and a promoter. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that means so much. I mean, if you have that within your family, that information and just that, uh, that that knowledge, I mean, that that is so beneficial to someone who's a third generation guy. So you could tell he, he was very comfortable with what he would do. He was very comfortable in his own skin. He was very comfortable inside the wrestling ring whenever he was doing things, whether, you know, it was a match that was called. And also he was like a very freaky athlete and just just a fun, a fun loving guy in many ways. Very fun to hang out with. Also, like we actually hung out quite a bit during our time in NXT doing stuff, you know, uh, you know, outside the ring as opposed to just having a relationship inside the ring. Like I'm trying to think of some stories. I mean, we got to travel to the to Europe like two or three times. There were so many tours that we were on. I mean, what, that that match where you fell out of the ring, I think that was in the UK actually. So yeah, it, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's well, such a such a famous gift <laughs> or gif, as John says it correctly. Uh, you know, and and I love it so much. It is. It's so funny. It's just the timing could not have been more perfect. I'm literally going up. I'm leaning over throwing up the V1 and like you just touched that rope and I was like, oh, and I went ass over tea kettle. And it's so funny because people always cut it. They never show me when I land on my feet because I land on my feet and I remember go, BJ, <laughs> which was so funny. I'm like, BJ. And I just go back in and do it again. I said, oh, the, the, you know, the edit is fine. But of course, that clip, probably after I left WWE, the, the Kevin Dunn probably leaked it. It's probably, <laughs> probably. 
And it was, that was my first day on TV too, right? So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get fired on my first day. And like seeing your face, I was just like, I don't know how to react. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> what was the reaction when you got backstage after that? Oh man, like, I mean, Vince loves stuff like that, right? If, if of course he does. Pop him, like, uh, that's probably why yeah. they left it in. I mean, they, they put it in on purpose. And that means they, they actually they cut it out of the show, it was on, but somehow that clip escaped. I don't know how it escaped, but it, it somehow escaped. It was cut out of the show because I went back in the ring and I remember I told you that stay back this time. And I went up and did it again. Like, I, was, I wasn't mad, I was having fun with it one night. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, okay, they cut it out. But then I, I remember, like, I don't know, uh, months later, then this clip is circulating online. <laughs> like, obviously, some somebody uh, let it es escape, they got. I believe and, it was a superstar I think it was a match against Carlito that, that you had and and PJ was your corner man. And yeah, it, it did get out. So someone had to have leaked that through to some private YouTube channels that ended up getting out to the public there. Did Vince say anything to you about it, Matt? Uh I, I, I want to say he was just like doing his cackle. He's like, oh, <laughs> that was funny shit, pal. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what his mentality was. You could have been Titus World Slide. I could have been, yeah. I could have been, uh, you know, it would have been something of, of falling. <laughs> the, the downfall. Matt Hardy downfall. The rise and fall of Matt Hardy. I love it. It was all my fault. I felt so stupid too because I've seen thousands of his matches. I knew exactly what he was going to do for his entrance. I was like, "How can I add to this entrance?" And as soon as I go like that, I was like, oh. "You you added to the entrance, no doubt. <laughs> you definitely added to the entrance. You so added around reasons. <laughs> you got to run through it in in pre production, man. Pre production is production. That's okay. that's how you end up getting out with the best product. PJ, take me through what these taping days looked like for NXT because you guys both just said. There was so much unscripted about it, which is very abnormal for pro wrestling. Obviously, we know the match you're going in there. You know who's going to win. It's still like any other wrestling match. But there were all these elements at play that you guys did not know about. So what did those days look like when you get to TV? That's the thing. Like, nobody told us anything. We kind of just hung around. We're like, okay, so what are we doing? And they're like, oh, well, we'll tell you guys later. And, you know, I'm like, well, it's like an hour to showtime. Can you at least tell me what match I have? Like, and they're like, oh, we'll come get you. And, you know, we weren't even allowed in the locker room at this stage. So we couldn't even, like, pick people's brains. We were dressing in broom closets at the time. So we were just kind of, like, hanging out till someone came to collect us. Like, just be, I, mean, I was in my gear. Just be, I was just ready all day. They, they had you guys kind of dressing almost like enhancement guys, right? Extra guys. You were just yeah, dressing exactly. in the spare room they could dig up. Right. To live like the rookie lifestyle because we were rookies right we were booked as rookies so we were treated as such <laughs> right how'd you feel about that uh i mean it was kind of weird but i was like oh this is just temporary who knows how long the show is gonna go you know i was like i just wanted to get into the ring i was like let me show them what i can do like i'll work my way up <laughs> i mean that that that's that's a big deal i talked about that a lot today i did an hour of media on a radio station on the r&b station i stayed on the whole hour with the guy like we talked in between songs but i just said like wrestling is so much of a 
you know, you're given an opportunity and you just have to make the most of it. Like sometimes it's a shit opportunity and you just try to make the most of it. Sometimes it's a great opportunity and, and you do all you can to enhance it and make the greatest moment you can. But I think you always had that mentality too. Like whatever you're given, you're like, okay, I'm making money and making a living wrestling and that's what I want to do. So I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah. And, and a good example of that, like you said, like you didn't, we didn't know who our pros were going to be until they announced it on TV. At the mm -hmm. time, I was wrestling as Justin Angel. That was my gimmick. My, my gimmick was Justin Angel. I was doing like the, the Chris Angel thing, like the pretty boy thing. Right. Uh, the, you know, my out was I'm just an angel, whatever, whatever it was. And I remember watching SmackDown when they were um, announcing the show and announcing who our pros were. And it said Justin Gabriel on TV. And I was sitting at home and I was like, what? Who the hell is Justin Gabriel? And everyone started texting me and like, who the hell is Justin Gabriel? I was like, I don't know. I don't pick that name at all. Like, they, they, I guess they just changed it without even like consulting me. <laughs> so that was just one of the things that, that I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to go with this. That's wow. always my favorite. When you, when you learn that you're in a match or this is your new name or whatever, and you learn it either on TV or on the internet, that's always one of my favorite. <laughs> So, oh, so man. PJ, what was your reaction to being paired with Matt? You know, had you been a Hardy Boy fan growing up? Obviously, in South Africa, I mean, WWE still had a pretty big reach. Was he one of your guys? I'd love to hear your reaction to that. Oh yeah, obviously, the Hardy is always one of my favorites. You know, like uh, <laughs> it's funny because I've been watching them since I was a kid. I mean, I also started wrestling when I was fifteen, but they were on TV when they were fifteen. I remember seeing them on like WWE um, Superstars back then, or what was it? Like, was it? The, how long ago was that, man? That was, wow, you guys were like jobbers when, in like 96, 97, I forget. It was super early. And ever we, since that. 94. We started doing TV matches in 1994. 94, I mean, wow. It, it, and then it would be Raw on Monday. It would be Superstars on Tuesday and Challenge on Wednesday. They'd do three days of tapings. Yeah, and I was a massive fan, you know, and that, that whole storyline, that whole era where you guys did the – the, the TLT matches with the Dudleys and Edge and Christian, like what well, that was some of my favorite, favorite wrestling matches of all time. And, and yes, so coming back to your, your question, I was a massive Hardy Boy fan. So I was stoked. Were you a Matt or were you a Jeff guy growing up? It's okay. No, no judgment. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of both. I mean, a little bit more Matt because he was my, uh, I mean, Jeff because he was my style. But, I, but the day I met Matt, I was like, yeah, this is my guy. <laughs> yeah. He said, Jeff's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He's a bit of a rock star. He's this, well, we call him the stuntman here, PJ. And I know that you, you have an affinity for that yourself in some of the things that you've done throughout the course of your career. So I think there's a, a little bit of a mix between the two within your own style. So uh, going through the show itself, having to combine re in-ring wrestling with these ridiculous segments. I mean, they're having all these different types of competitions. Like you said, there is an obstacle course to, to go along with it that you actually ended up winning, which worked out for you. But there was other ones. Uh, I'm pulling them up right now. There was a keg carrying challenge, a talking challenge, a rock'em sock'em rookies challenge, a seal the deal challenge. I mean, some of this stuff sounds like it was concocted in a writer's room an hour before things went to air. So how did that force you to get out of your comfort zone? You know, like if it was like in the ring stuff, I was pretty comfortable. Like I can do anything, you know, like I'm a, I'm an improv expert when it comes to wrestling, that, that stuff was easy, but like some of the stuff was just so ridiculous, you know, like carrying the kegs and like yeah. some of that stuff. I was just like, 
wow, like I, there was no time to prepare or stretch or anything. I was just like, wow, this is so ridiculous. I'm just going to not try to not make a fool of myself because I know all the other guys will, you know, like a guy like Wade Barrett, for example. I mean, he's so goofy and lanky. I mean, I just had to wait for guys like that to trip up and make it make a fool of themselves. And then I would make a less fool of myself, basically. <laughs> You'd minimize tomfoolery. Well, and Matt, it's like you can you can give him advice on character work. You can give him advice on ring work, even though he was doing well. But there's no coaching for that sort of thing, right? Like when you're doing a keg challenge or an obstacle course. I mean, how do you deal with that as this mentor for stuff like that? I, I just remember thinking, like, I'm glad I'm not in this shit. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's all I could think about. I was like, that, that was one of the ones I think was like, I don't think that was one of the best calls that the keg challenging contest. Um, yeah, yeah there's some, some of those challenges. I was just, I'm so glad I am the coach and not the rookie. <laughs> PJ, was it, was it beneficial for you to be around some of those other veterans? So, you know, Chris Jericho, William Regal, so many others as you're on this first experience on live television. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I learned so much, you know, like, I mean, one of the first segments we did, I think it was me and Matt. And uh, let me paint the picture for you, right? So we were standing outside the the, the locker room and there's a camera, right? And I'm like, what, what are we doing? And Matt's like, what are we doing? And I'm not sure if they gave Matt the Iggy, but I definitely had no idea what was happening. And uh, next thing I know, they, oh, they swing the door open and there's Chris Jericho cutting a promo and Wade Barris standing next to me. And we kind of just walk in on the promo. And I was like, uh, and it was live TV. So I was kind of just like, I was like waiting for Matt to do something. I don't know if he was, if he even knew what was happening, but uh, it was really cool to learn on the on the fly and then see how Matt responded to those things and how uh, Jericho responded to those things. Because I mean, Jericho is also just the natural, you know, like he can just do everything and he's been doing it for so long. So it was really cool to see them do stuff like that. And just, I just took it all in. I learned so much just from that. To, to the best of my recollection, the only thing they had buzzed me on, they said, someone is going to appear and that's going to be who your opponents are. Because we, we had a match with them, right? Yes, you guys. Well, so so I actually just watched that segment before. It's you guys talking in the locker room and then Chris Jericho and Wade Barrett come in and it sets up a match between Justin Gabriel and Wade Barrett. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The singles match. And I won that match. Yeah. <laughs> is it because I feel like I feel like someone just said, OK, uh, Someone's gonna like barge in, and you're gonna end up. A match is gonna come out of it. That's pretty much how they wow. up. On it. So you oh. had no idea at all. I mean, wow, that's yeah, and that's very few, unpro wrestling. Yep, there was a few things like that too. I, I can give you another example of something happened. I remember we had a uh, we had a, a match. I think it was like a, a five or six minute match, right? So. I, I run my comeback, go up to the top for the 450, and then that was the finish. And so I run my whole comeback, go to the top, and then I, we get the Iggy from the ref. He's like, oh, we're going to go to break, and we're going to come back and do five more minutes. I was like, well, I was just, <laughs> just like, what do I do now? And we kind of just we went to break, and luckily we had it's live TV, right? So you have three minutes to kind of figure it out. And uh, I was like, okay, like, luckily, you know, stuff like that I was good at. So, so. <laughs> but a lot of things like that happened, like in matches and yeah. promos and the segments, like it was just like, like they didn't tell us anything. That, I mean, that, 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 that's the worst too. If you're in there and you know, you have three minutes left, four minutes left, whatever. And you're going into like your, 
you know, your finishing sequence and, and heading straight to the finale. But then they say, no, wait, just kidding. We need three more minutes out of you. And then yeah. it's like, well, hold up. It's going to be hard to kind of top what we've just done. That's like always a worst case scenario. And what you were saying just there, like you've done your whole comeback, you've run all the way through it. You're going up for the 450, like the, the highest crescendo in the match. And they go, oh, just kidding. We need you to do five more minutes. Awful. Yep. Man. I mean, but but it made me think. It, makes you think it, on your feet, you know? It, it does make you think on your feet. I mean, the I only think, thing the only thing that's worse than that, John, is if you're at an airport going down to get your baggage and someone bum rushes you with a camera and pounces on you. Well, sometimes, Matt Hardy, it pays to bet on yourself, and you can do that by heading on over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and we are so grateful to be pairing with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, and it's bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs absolutely electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game in the NFL playoffs and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Matt, I can't believe we're already at playoff time in the NFL season. I don't have to talk about crappy Jets and Giants teams anymore on <laughs> SNY. But it, <laughs> right. it is just, it's such a great time of the year, right? When you're marching towards the Super Bowl and there's all that excitement. Yeah, it really is. It, it, it is a, a very exciting time of the season. And I love that. I love it when it gets down to the nitty gritty and we're, we're nearing the Super Bowl. You have any Super Bowl picks here? Anything you think could go all the way? Oh my gosh! I mean, right I now I'm, I'm feeling yeah. good about the Ravens. I'm feeling good about the Niners. Yeah, I mean this this could be a Cowboys year, which the Cowboys haven't been good since you did your jobs in WWF. <laughs> Spe- speaking of the Ravens, I, I do. Uh, uh, speaking of this episode that we're talking about, uh, Trevor Cadell, which is Cameron Grimes, huge Ravens fan. So yeah, I, I could I could see some Ravens. I could I could get down with the Ravens. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, they're, they're really, really good. I mean, yeah. they're excellent. Uh, you know, looking at the spread right now, Browns minus 110 this coming week, the Dolphins and Chiefs and Dolphins minus 108 on the spread, the Chiefs 112. That, that would be interesting to see how uh, that plays out because the Chiefs, man, just with all this controversy with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, it's stealing all the headlines over there. You never would have thought that that would happen at an NFL game, but uh, you can get in on all this action, guys. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code HARDY. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code HARDY. That's H-A-R-D-Y. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Oh, my goodness. Don't even get me started. We'll we'll, we'll have proper conversation about that. Uh, after this but uh pj did those experiences make you better like being thrown into the fire like that i think so i mean most of them yeah (laughs) some of them made me like 
reevaluate how I do certain things and how I approach certain things. But uh, I think for the most part, it, it is what it is. And I don't think we would have got the Nexus run if we didn't go through all that crap. That's what I want to ask you about, the Nexus run. Uh, iconic Monday Night Raw moment, the formation of the Nexus. It's unlike anything else on TV. Uh, can you take us through that night and what that experience was like finding out that these guys you had been paired with for 15 episodes of NXT were going to be this super group and debuting by beating up John Cena and destroying the set? Yeah, so I remember that. That was in Miami, and we all lived in the, the developmental was in Tampa at the time, right? So we uh, NXT was officially finished, so we are like, oh, what do we do now? Do we just go back to developmental and like carry on with lives? And then they, they call us to TV again, gave us no direction to anything. And we're like, oh, man, what are we what are we going to do? And then Vince calls us into the office and he laid out this plan. He's like, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, in wrestling, everything is recycled, right? Everything is what's old is new and what's new is old. So you can always go back in time and look at a storyline or a match or whatever and and borrow elements from there and kind of like make up the story as you go along. But there was nothing really like the way Vince explained this. There was nothing I can I can picture or I can go back and, and for reference and look at like how we're going to do this thing. He's like, yeah, just destroy everything. I'll pay for it. And we were like, what? And um, so <laughs> we kind of just went out there and, and that's what, what happened. And just thank goodness it turned out okay. And, <laughs> and that's what people can remember. You know, everyone, everyone remembers that day for sure. It did. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was a, that was a very impactful moment. I remember it well. Yeah. yeah. I was just, I, mean, I was just really stoked. They, they, they let me do the, the exclamation, the, 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 the 450, you know, and I, I, I really took my time and I got that beauty shot too. And when we got to the back, like Vince really liked that. He's like, yeah, I kept doing more of that. And that's kind of how that evolved. And then that, that was kind of cool. That's awesome. I mean, Matt, you're, you're a big moment guy. I, I know moments are a huge part of how you go about telling your stories when you can create a moment that impactful, uh, I mean, what kind of resonance does that have for you as a performer and the legacy that something like that can leave in the, the grand tome of pro wrestling? I mean, a, a moment like that, that is indelible. I mean, it has like incalculable value. I mean, because people will remember you from that moment. One thing I say all the time is like, people don't necessarily remember the moves. I mean, there's going to be some moves that are so, breathtaking or either go bad or whatever that people are going to, going to remember. But I mean, in general, what people remember more than anything else are moments. And I always say always moments over moves and like having a moment like that Nexus thing was just such an amazing deal because you had these guys who were portrayed as rookies, right? Guys who were just starting. They're not really anything important, whatever. And then you have that one moment and they do that thing. They beat down John Cena. They destroy everything in sight. And it's just like, you, you kind of made people that night, you know, in terms of the group, you made them that night. And it was a, a force to be reckoned with on TV for a while. And it could have probably even, you know, it could have even probably done more or been even bigger if utilized and, and, and if everything was done correctly as they book things going forward. But like, once again, that moment was a, a huge moment, which was uh, very valuable for everyone involved. PJ, what was the most valuable thing you learned from working with Matt Hardy? Oh, wow. It's, it's hard to pinpoint just one thing, like so many, so many things. I mean, right now, like he, like you mentioned, moments, moments over moves, moments over over everything, you know, like 
and and that's what wrestlemania is we're trying to create as many moments right. as possible because that's what people remember you remember those moments you know and wrestlemania has so many moments and i mean matt does matt and jeff has been around for so long they have had so many moments i wonder if, if i wonder if um matt can even remember most of those moments I, and i'm curious to to know what was one of his favorite moments because he's had so many you know like i've I've had quite a few too, but not as many as him. And uh, that's one of the main things, but so many, so many other things. I mean, from, from traveling backstage etiquettes and like psychology of matches to, to, to everything, but just how to structure and get to that moment. Cause like you said, that's what people remember. And I wanted mm -hmm. to be remembered. Yep. Uh, your, your, your moments are where your money is when it's all said and done. And, and you're right. Like we've had, so many moments we've been blessed to have so many moments and uh and they really are they they've kind of what has helped push the hardy boys or myself and jeff the hardys into like the next level of you know like being cemented and solidified it's like wrestling legends i think it's just all those moments more than anything else we've like done a lot of, we've done a lot of cool shit. i love that i love that so much and pj i mean you've had a great career in your own right and and i know right now you you were telling me off air too like you want to pay it forward and you you really want to build pro wrestling you know in in your own institution uh, in south africa what can you tell us about that so here's something that many people don't know south africa is the third biggest wrestling market in the world i didn't know this either right i knew it was big back home but I didn't know it was the third biggest market in the world. So my partner and one of my best friends who I met in wrestling school when I was like 15 years old, he works in media and he works for the television company. So he sees all the numbers and he he told me about this. So we were like, you know what? My dad died in 99. And so uh, we were like, you know what? Let's. My dad ran one of the biggest promotions in Africa for a long time and it has nostalgic properties, right? So we we're going to bring back the company because uh, everyone will remember the name and you know like I'm, I'm a junior that's what pj stands for i'm a junior so everyone will, will think like it's my dad's company again or maybe they'll know it's me running it so i'm trying to bring that back um we've been, i've been working on a few things i'm actually going out there for a, a couple of months in the in the next month when i get back from poland um we've got a couple of meetings with some of the tv organizers I, what i want to do is i want to run it like the the old school territories matt i, I remember when the the like how they ran the territories, right? I want to get someone because South Africa is a long flight. We can't just go there for like a weekend or right. Week, right? I want to get someone to come in for like six months, you know, and then train my guys. We'll shoot the TV. Um, what I want to do is I want to shoot it like Lucha Underground, so it's going to be very cinematic, but not mm -hmm. not so much action. I mean, it's going to have action, but I want to shoot it more like satire, not comedy wrestling, but like fun stuff. You know, that's what people there are into. They they love the athletic stuff, but they like the the fun stuff, you know, like, uh, like, you know, there's so much we can do. We've got so many unique characters. Um, and then the, you know, I can get some of the guys from here or from, from Europe or whatever to come over there. We'll shoot like a whole season, have the guy there, train my guys up, like, like in the territories back in the day. And then, you know, like see if I can run it like that. I mean, that's something I've been working on. I've been planning it for a long time. And, uh, like every time we get close, stuff happens, like the pandemic, and then <laughs> so I've been working on it for quite a while. So hopefully, uh, hopefully in the next year or two, I can pull that off. Actually, that's great, man. That's a that's a huge goal, and and I I, I love to hear it, man. That uh, I I hope that works for you. Always got Matt Hardy's language there, man. Whatever mm -hmm. I put my head to, I can do it. You know, I, I, I mean, I, 
trying to get back on TV for a little while, get back to WWE or on AEW because it'll just make my life so much easier. Yeah. If I'm, I'm, it'll make those meetings. I mean, you know what that's like. Those meetings, it'll just make it so much easier, you know, because like I had a meeting at the TV studio over there and, and it's Matt. Like uh, there's a there's a, a wrestling channel that has like TNA on and ROH and All Japan dude like Noah it has like AEW and a SmackDown Raw it has all the all the stuff on this one channel so I was like cool we can get some uh, South African stuff on there too you know but like Justin Gabriel was a clean cut baby face he didn't look like that right. so I tell people like I was Justin Gabriel like what that's you you were that, you were that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just going to ask that. So that is a career goal of yours still to return to WWE or, or go have an AEW run or something akin to that. Why is that so important to you beyond what you just explained for your own business purposes? Uh, for a few reasons, for the business purposes. And also like I, I, I'm in my 40s. And if you look at any wrestler, ever, they, the best work was always between 40 and 45. Look at Taker, Angle, Michaels, like look at all these guys. Like that, for some reason, that's when a wrestler does his best work. Uh, my dad was a wrestler. I remember him telling me that too one day. Um, I was 16 at the time, and I just looked at him. I was like, oh, yeah, 40? That sounds really old, man. And now I'm experiencing. I'm in the best shape of my life. You know, like I, all the weaknesses I had in wrestling are actually my strengths right now. And, I, you know, like I love wrestling. I got that passion back. And I just want to, I just want to, like, have one, this new character that I developed. I just want to, like, I want people to remember PJ Black. I want to remember people to remember Dr. Black instead of Justin Gabriel, you know, because I've been PJ Black for like 15, 17 years. I've, I was only Justin Gabriel for like, what, six years. And I just right. want to, I just want to like, you know, like have one more run and just like have people remember this guy. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say, it's so funny you said that about your dad. I remember when I was super young, my dad was 40, a little over 40. And I said, like, oh my God, 40 is so old. <laughs> You're, you're also too. You're also very right because, like, something I, I've heard Taker say in the past. He said, like, usually when you're young and dumb, you try and do things that you don't necessarily need to do. But like, once you get hurt enough and your body gets beat up enough, and you start thinking uh, in a more intelligent way, and you start working smarter, that's when you do your best work. Especially if your body is still in okay shape, and and usually that happens between like 35 to 45 for a lot of guys. Yeah, and, and, and what we do is we're, we're storytellers, right? Sure, we're athletes and we're entertainers, but first of all, we're storytellers. Mm -hmm. And I think once you mature, you understand that the, the storytelling aspect so much better. You know, when you're young, you just want to do moves and cool stuff and like get your catchphrases in and all that stuff. But as you mature, you learn these things and you're like, no, wait, it's about the moments. And what creates those moments? It's the story. Like you tell right. that story and you get to that moment. And that's that's what we do. And I think we, for a lot of, a lot of people, realize that much earlier in life but for most of us it happens at 40. <laughs> i mean matt hardy became broken once he got into his early 40s so who's to say dr black what you might encounter just be careful you don't want to end up in the broken universe people don't come back the same way once they enter there he actually has a character he has a character that is tailor-made for the broken universe tell us about this new character you're working on future yeah so dr black is like a shaman he's kind of like a mixed between uh, Doctor Strange and Craven the Hunter. That's why I look like this. Um, you know, like he crosses timelines. I don't think it'll it'll work for most companies, but I mean, this is what I have in my head. If, if I have my own company, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, it, it can, he crosses timelines. He looks different every single time. He can call people by their indie names and call them by their names from like 10 years ago because he comes from a different timeline, kind of like kind of like Doc, um, Doctor Strange, you know? And, and he has a little... 
he has some Craven the Hunter tendencies too, you know. Um, so he makes like he makes potions, and I did a little bit in ROH just before it folded, just before COVID. I did a little bit where I made potions for the guys, and I, you know, I healed them with Reiki, and I, you know, there was a, a fun little segment where. Um, uh, Flip Gordon, he got uh, amnesia, so he he was a heel at the time, one of the top heels. But he couldn't remember that he was a heel. He thought he was a babyface. So he came to see the doctor, you know. So it, it, I made potions, I made medicines, I put him under hypnotherapy. Um, you know, there's, there's so many fun things you can do. You know, like I made him these potions with like glow in the dark, like liquids in there, and I had him drink it, and he would spit it out, and. And he'd be like, what the hell is that, Doc? And I'd be like, oh, sorry, that's my mouthwash, you know. And then, yeah, try this one. So, like, there were so many little things I could do with this character. And you can plug it into any storyline. And, like, uh, I don't know. It's just super fun. You know, like, wrestling has these eras. You know, we had the reality era. We have, like, uh, the attitude era. And I, I think now people like the characters, like, the, the over-the-top characters. You know, like the Bray Wyatt. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, like a mystical, uh, enigmatic character. You know, people love stuff like that now, you know, because people know what wrestling is and you want to be entertained. You don't want to see the guy with the Justin Gabriel name that's just like in the black trunks. You want to see the character. You want to see the fun stuff. It's like, you know, you go to the movies, you watch these Marvel characters and these DC characters. That's what you want to see. You want to see the superheroes, the character, the fun stuff. That's what I think. I don't know. So that's why I want to bring this character to life. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel you. I'm the guy that did Broken Matt Hardy. Exactly. And, and there's a lot of stuff that we borrow from from that too and like that whole era that you guys did there's some great stuff there that this character can like plug into and we can actually use some of that stuff and now with ai and like with green screens we can like paste that into there like i have so many ideas dude i like uh, i'm a coder too so like I, I can write all kinds of code and like edit videos and like you know i can it, i have to talk to you about that stuff off line but some of that stuff i might be able to use you know like some of the stuff that you own obviously and then maybe i can get you to south africa for a year or two mm. i don't know that'd be great i don't know what your contract status is and but uh something to talk about i'd have to bring my kids oh that'll be they'll love it bro that's so that's one of my things like so um when i was putting these packages together so last year it, it almost happened right and this is how i sell it to the guy to come for six months because i take them on excursions like i take you to see to, on safari i take it oh, to, to uh, swim with the sharks go to table yeah, mountain all it's always had a hold on me pj oh for real you know i'm the official <laughs> official ambassador of table mountain oh yeah okay yeah when when uh, smackdown went there twice i don't know if you went with us but i, I took the whole the whole um roster to go swim with the sharks and uh they, they were trying to get Table Mountain as one of the uh, the eighth wonder of the world or something like that. So they had a bunch of celebrities at the time shoot the commercials. And uh, I did a bunch of commercials in on top of Table Mountain back then in 2012, 13, I think it was. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, just – I did get your pass to go up there. <laughs> the, the, the very first time that I came to South Africa, which was a big deal for me, you know, doing WWE – uh, I remember we because it's not far from the airport, right? Where you land. I remember we got into the bus and we were driving, and one of the first things I saw was a uh, table mountain. So it was like it's kind of always had a hold on me. I've always dug it. I always I always mark out for it whenever I would see it. You'd, you'd yeah. have to go from living in the forest to living in a safari. I don't know how that would go over in in, in some house already, but yeah, but, but it could I'm work a, for I, some. I, people. I, I'm a, when my kids get a little older, PJ, I'm going to bring them there and have them work for you. You know, I'm going to be like. I'm gonna be Matt Von Eric, you know what I mean? I'm gonna push my kids out. Have you have them work the territories, brother? 
I love that. I love that. Yeah, deal. Let's do that. Let's do that. I, I love that. I should be pretty big. You know what? We talked about that. Me and JB did one time uh, after we had finished. We'd left Impact and we were going back. He said, you know what? I think we could do something down the road. Like, you know, you're broken Matt Hardy, but maybe now your vessel is too old to do it. And if the kids are older, you start really pushing the kids into it. And like you're wanting them to do stuff. And like they're going to be all the champions and whatever else. He said it could be some entertaining content with Broken Matt, you know, playing the role of of uh bat von eric Very oh funny. man there's so much stuff we can do there there's so much stuff I and mean, and the stuff plugs into my character and the stuff i want to do too so i'm actually excited about the future <clears throat> so that's awesome man and we're really grateful that you came on to chat about this very fun time in both of your careers pj where can people find your stuff uh instagram pj450 um I, i'm pretty active on there twitter it's darewolf333 I don't post too much on there, but I'll, I'll, I need to set that back up again. <laughs> uh, also, I haven't done anything on my YouTube channel in, in forever. So I think Instagram is the best spot, PJ450. Fantastic. Matt, anything else you want to say to PJ here? I do want to say I, I do want to say one thing. And then jog up a member. We're talking about stories we're doing, you know, like outside of the outside of the business on the outside. Uh, without naming any names, PJ, we won't. But do you remember the time that we went with uh, two girls almost like on a double date when we were hanging out? And I, I can't even remember where we went. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. Um, I'm trying to think where yeah, that was. Where did we go? It was, it was a very weird circumstance. It was It was very we're, weird. There was a lot of weird circumstances with you, Matt. There was a lot of fun. We're trekking into dangerous territory here, man. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was, it was all very innocent, though. Was that in yep. Baltimore or was that overseas? That Because, I mean, there, there, there were instances yeah, I, in both those places, but I'm I, trying to think I, which one you're thinking. I, I, that, that was single mat, John. That was single mat. That's true. That's true. Right. I, I'm, I'm well aware of that. Um, okay, so you guys ran together. That's cool. That's yeah, we, cool. we did. We ran together. We, we, we bonded. We shared, we shared a bond. I love that. I love all, that. All those, all those uh, WrestleMania hotel adventures, I'll never forget that. <laughs> yes yes you, I do. Us, I, you gotta I give do. us more than that i do not know oh, we, we we can't <laughs> we, we can't it was a good group of people and i can <laughs> the only thing i can tell you is uh bray wyatt was there rest his soul that guy is a, what a yeah. legend he was there and that guy yeah. is a lot of fun and yeah. i miss him dearly yeah i do too i do too that was back that was back in the susky harris days right yeah, <laughs> and and after that, that's but that's where yeah, it started. I, I just, I just I, but he was great. I remember even when I talked to him later, he's like, "Oh man, you were always so good to me. You were always so great when we were doing the NXT show." Uh, but man, the stuff he did with Bray Wyatt, once again, as you were talking about with your character, I mean, really inspirational, motivational stuff he did. Yeah, and he actually helped me with a bunch of the stuff too. That's why I really want to bring it to life. You know, like people. Right. Well, let's see. If I, I mean, if 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 no. If no uh, TV company wants to give me the platform, then I'm going to create my own platform, even if I have to do it on YouTube, you know, whatever. Like, I'll do it myself. That's it, man. I mean, you got to make your own opportunities at the end of the day. And uh, we're excited to follow that and see what you got going for you. Best of luck with all that stuff, man. It sounds very, very exciting. We hope it all gets off the ground and spread the good word of wrestling, right? That's what this is all about at the end of the day. So uh, we, we appreciate you hopping on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, PJ. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I always enjoy talk wrestling. Always, man. Awesome stuff from PJ. Really appreciate his time here on the Extreme Life. What do you think of our chat with him, Matt? 
it was fun. It was fun. Uh, that's the longest chat I've had with him in, in a long while. So uh, I'm glad uh, he was able to come on here. It's just so funny. Just a couple weeks ago, he had reached out and, and texted me and just asked if I had a moment to talk. And he wanted to run a couple of things about me and tell me all about the new character that he's doing. And uh, that was fun. That was fun to bring him on here and a good change of pace for the extreme life of Matt Hardy. I think people are going to enjoy it. It's because he respects the living legend and he knows he, does. he knows that with your rub, because you love giving that rub. That love that rub. <laughs> Good job that, rub. that rub makes things happen. That it certainly does. It certainly does. It'll make things happen for him. Best wishes to him. Good luck to all that. I do want to piggyback, though, real quick before we wrap on what you brought up, because I tweeted about it at this interview that I saw of yours. You didn't even tell me about this. I found it online of you being bombarded at the airport TMZ yeah. style, paparazzi style, where you just looked exhausted. I felt so bad. And I said, man, like, don't be that guy. Like, the, the autographs at the airport are bad enough. The pictures are bad enough. But trying to conduct a paparazzi style interview while someone is clearly exhausted and traveling all day, don't yeah. be that person. I mean, I don't know what you have to say to this, but yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I think I've mentally blocked it. I mentally deleted it from my mind just after it happened. That's probably why I didn't even say anything about it. Um, but, but it is, there's nothing worse, especially if you've been traveling. Uh, it was a long trip. Um, I'd got in, I was tired. I have kids like Heath Slater. I have kids. And, uh, I just remember like there was, I am walking to my baggage claim the carousel i can see it it's like number four or whatever just uh, two away and i go around this pole and then out hey matt what's going on da, da, da. and you know like the camera's right here right from the jump and then as you said too it's a lose-lose because you say like hey man i'm not i'm not i'm not speaking anything i'm not talking and you kind of come off like a dick and then like it's you sit there and you answer questions and you still it's just like it's so invasive it's just like so just, just, just so pouncing on someone just like that when they're not ready for it. You never know what the fuck they've been through in that day. I, I am not a fan of it. So I, I didn't like it a lot. I just uh, I did it so I didn't appear like a dick. And then I tried to get out of there as soon as possible. I just tried to keep moving. And I kept looking over for my bag as hoping it would come out so I could go run and grab it and like get out of there. What what, 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 what was it? 90 seconds or so? Yeah, it was like a minute and a half. I I just hate that man, especially because like I know you well, and you're one of the true good dudes. And like you said, it's it's a lose lose where if you're just like man, like I'm just not really feeling it, which any normal human would be entitled to, then right. you come off looking like a jerk. And I don't think that's fair. I think it's very important everyone to remember if you see a celebrity, like just be respectful, just be respectful. That's it's a it's a bare minimum ask. They are people just like you, and you're very gracious with your time. I'm sure if he had come up to you just as a normal spectator and was like, "Hey, man, you know, you're you're a living legend. Can we get a picture together?" I know you. You probably would have done it easily. <clears throat> it's just sure the, the bombarding nature of it. I really didn't appreciate that. Yeah, the bombardment, the pouncing, as I like to call it, just like you know, out of the blue when you're not like ready for it or no one's asked. Uh, it's too much for me. I'm sorry that you experienced that. Please be smarter, guys. It's just unnecessary at the end of the day. 
Um, but listen, we'd love for you all to be part of our show here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. And here's how you can do it. You can over to advertisewithhardy.com. You're going to get your business, get your product out in front of thousands of listeners every single week on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. It is a great outlet, a great platform. We want you to be on our team, advertisewithhardy.com. Uh, Matt, is there anything else you want to throw out there this week? Uh, no, man. It's been a fun been a fun episode. It was, it was great to see PJ catch up with him. And, and like I said, man, Table Mountain has got a hold on me. That it certainly does. Excited to see you get out there and wrestle a lion or something like that. I'm sure that's something that's, that's more of a Jeffrey Nero Hardy thing, but that's okay. Uh, we'll see if that happens. The words have been spoken. We'll see you next time right here on Extreme Life. I'm Matt Hardy. Delete! <laughs>